Revelation chapter 20. It's not the revelation of St. John the Divine. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Alright, chapter 20. Now last week we got down to verse 11. We talked much about the uh, thousand year millennial reign. Before that, we talked about the battle of Armageddon. Now listen, I didn't say much about this. I want to get this out. You've got the valley of Megiddo. The valley of Jehoshaphat. And the valley of destruction. And the valley of decision. Alright. Armageddon is the Hebrew word for Megiddo. Okay, that was in verse 16 of chapter 16. Uh, look at Joel, the third chapter, real quick. Joel. Joel. Joel, Amos. Right next to each other. Chapter 3. You can say Joel, but if you say Joel, it's understood better. Chapter 3 and verse 2. It says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. And will plead with them there for my people, for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. In verse 12 of the same chapter. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Or destruction. I've heard evangelists Preach on that valley decision. It's time for you to make a decision for the Lord. This is the battle of Armageddon. And that judgment is the decision. Alright. Look at... Uh, Let's see, I think Isaiah 34. Isaiah 
verse 1. Come near ye nations to hear and hearken. You people, let the earth hear and all that is therein. The world and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations. And his fury upon all their armies. Yet utterly destroyed them, yet delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, and their stink shall come up out of their carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. And he says the host of heaven, he's talking about the stars. And all their hosts shall fall down as a leaf falleth off from the vine as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my sword shall be bathed in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon the Edomia, that's Edom, and upon the people of my curse to judgment. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It is made fat with fatness. And with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams, for the Lord hath a sacrifice in Bozrah, and a great slaughter in the land of Edomiah. Edom is down below the, sea, uh, the Dead Sea. And the unicorn shall come down with them, and incidentally, those are not mythical creatures. And the bullocks, they're more, no more mythical than bullocks are, or bulls. And their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance and the year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion. I don't think you can restrict that to back then. And then look at Second Chronicles 35. Verse 1 and 2, Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguise himself, that he might fight with him, and hearken not unto the words of Necho, that's Pharaoh Necho, from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And that's where Josiah bit the dust, in the valley of Megiddo. That valley is between the Sea of Galilee if you get Palestine in your mind, you ought to have that map in your mind. It's right there at the east end of the Mediterranean Sea. Runs that border. Lebanon's above it, but then that's all Israel there. And you go to the east, and up north, the Sea of Galilee is up there. Extending from the Sea of Galilee is the Jordan River. And it goes down to the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea goes like this. And so the Valley of Megiddo is between the Sea of Galilee 
and the Jordan River on the east and the Mediterranean Sea on the west. So it's up in the northern part of Israel. Okay. I thought that might help you a little bit on the Battle of Armageddon. It is a real battle. It has been prophesied. I think starting way back in 2 Chronicles anyway. Especially Isaiah. All right. Now, chronologically, we're probably running about true to form here. We've got the thousand-year millennial reign from verses 1 to 10. Now, the only reason you would have to say that there's not a literal thousand reign is because you just don't believe the Bible. That is the only reason. You'd have no grammatical reason, no theological reason, not to believe that there is a thousand year millennial reign. I don't know all the details about it. Nobody does. Just people think they do, but they don't. And don't ever get swayed by them because they don't know near what they think they know. And now, the Battle of Armageddon, chronologically, takes place at the end of Daniel's 70th week, which would be the end of the wrath of God. And the Battle of Gog and Magog takes place at the end of the thousand-year literal reign. And that's the one that we have nations gathered that Satan went out to gather them after he's let out of the bottomless pit he was chained and bound for a thousand years and then we are at the end time people say the end of the world is coming well eventually not now you may say the end of the age is coming. The end of this world won't be until its destruction. And then there will be a new heaven and a new earth. We'll get into that the very next chapter. But at the end of the thousand year millennial reign, the literal I have to put that word literal because I believe it. I want people to know it's literal. It's not symbolic. It's not metaphorical. It's literal. Anyway, John says, I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose, earth, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is a book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. 
This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Solemn scripture. I guess if there's one message that I'd like to be able to preach before I die, it's the message of the white throne judgment. That's what this world needs to hear. It's coming. All right. Mega, large, huge, grand, I saw a great white throne. When we saw the throne in chapter 4, and there was a color, an emerald around it, emanating from it. This is a white throne. Is it the same throne? I don't know. It very well could be a different throne. I mean, you do different things in different places, folks. You go to court, it's different from going to church. You do different things in different places. It's a white throne. Why is it white? Because of the holiness of God. That's why. The purity of God. I don't know if it has anything to do with it or not. But do you know what all what the nine Supreme Court justices wear when they're in court? Black robes. Judges in other courts wear black robes. Now I don't know why that is. They probably don't know why it is. I think it's because of this. I think they know better than to wear white robes. You're not going to get white robe judgment from a Supreme Court or from a local court. It's just not going to be there. They're not capable of that. They think they are, but they're not. Is that a pretty good reason? I believe that's why they wear black. I don't think the Lord let them wear white. I think there's only one that can wear white, be white at the white throne judgment. And that's God Almighty. Anyway, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Now what about that? We can go on for hours upon hours looking at the magnificence of outer space. One of those satellite machines has sent back pictures of Mars and they've all been beside themselves. They found a door on Mars. Anybody read about it? You can get Don Ken Ham's Facebook page. And all they've seen, they discussed it on the uh, Answers News. They just saw something could have looked like a door. Now they've got life on Mars. 
They've got the door now. They've got to figure out how to open the door and go in. Ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. But there is no question. That DVD that Jason Lyle, that he did, created Cosmos. We've seen it several times here. I could see it every day. Where he takes you out into space. You've seen that, all of you? We need to show it again. It's time to show it again. Let's remember that. It's time to show that again. I mean, we go out. Of course, it's all artist conceptions and all that. It's not real pictures. And we go out to the edge of our universe. We pass by clusters of stars. We go out past where the, the uh, you know, the Big Dipper and Little Dipper don't look like the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper. And how many billions, trillions of stars there are. And just how many miles. We can't even imagine the sun's, what, 93 million miles away? How long would it take you to travel 93 million miles if you had a superhighway going around the earth? 23,000 miles a lick. 93 million. <laughs> you wouldn't live long enough. 24-7 to do it. The enormity of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all of the planets and the miles and the all those clusters and man, something fantastic. They talk about the Earth being a small planet, small my foot. I've been on. In the Bering Sea, we could see Siberia from our flight deck. You ain't going to get much further north than that. In the Bering Sea, that's part of the Pacific. And I've been all the way down to Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Did you know how much water is there? Go from San Francisco to Hong Kong, <laughs> Manila, Tokyo, Yokosuka, Okinawa. You go, you can go a long time and not see anything but water, folks. I've gone for over a month and never seen dry land. That's why they go so crazy when they land in port. This is a big place. And that's just part of the ocean. Then you go around the Cape of Good Hope. Takes a long time to get there. Then you start having the Atlantic Ocean. The Indian Ocean. The Mediterranean. The Aegean. The Adriatic. Keep on. See a Bay of Bengal. 
Keep on naming them. And they're all connected. <laughs> Big. I'm leading up to a point, folks. I'm wanting to make you realize heaven, how big it is. Earth, how big it is. But now look what this verse says. From whose face he that sat on that great white throne, the earth as big as it is, and the heaven as gigantic as it is, fled away. <laughs> and there was found no place for them. So just exactly how big is this place where this great white throne is? <laughs> That's mind-boggling, folks. You can see all the stars brilliant when you got a clear night but when the sun rises they fade away they ain't gone nowhere but they can't stand beside the sun heaven and earth can't stand in the face of him that sitteth on the great white throne Amen. I thought that's a good point and I saw the dead, small and great. That means small. Yeah, I guess that could mean small people, big people. But I don't think that's what it's talking about. I think you're talking about people that don't amount to much. And people that amount to a whole lot. Wasn't any difference in them. <laughs> small and great, and they were dead. And there they are standing before God. What would that indicate to you? They ain't walking dead. No, they're not walking dead. They're lost dead and they're physical dead that have been resurrected at the second resurrection. Amen. That would absolutely demand a second resurrection. Wouldn't it? They got to be alive to stand before God. Big crowd here. <laughs> but there's room for them. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. Hold your place there and look at Daniel 7. Verse 9. Daniel says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. And the Ancient of Days did sit. Who's he? That's Christ, who is the judge of the, earth, of the universe because he became the Son of Man. Amen. Whose garment was White as snow. 
and the hair of his head like the pure wool. That's what we're seeing in Revelation 1. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Wheels as feet. Bryce, judgment, here, not in the tabernacle. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand, thousands ministered unto him. Now I'll admit, thousand, thousands is not particularly a definite number. Thousand is, and thousands is, and thousand times thousands it is. But the way it's put, it's put there to represent an innumerable. But thousand still means a thousand. And ten thousand times ten thousand, again we go, stood before him. The judgment was set and the books were opened. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. I could read the rest of that, but my point is, this is not brand new stuff. The books were opened. First, let's look at this. Look at John 5, 29. I was talking to you about the second resurrection. John's Gospel 5, verse 29. Daniel 12 also like this. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. That gives you more than one resurrection, folks. All right. Daniel 12, 2. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. All right. Acts 24. You can write these down if you don't want to turn to them. Acts 24. Verse 15. And have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there should be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. That's not a general resurrection. That's two resurrections. First and second. Hebrews 6.
In verse 2, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And I'm talking about a second resurrection. Then, of course, we got in our Revelation 20, in verse 5, but the rest of the dead shall not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And then verse 6, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. If there's a first resurrection, that probably implies there's a second resurrection. Uh, on such second death hath no part power, but they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. But there are, there's more than one resurrection. Uh, George Boyer preached years ago a message. I think it was five phony generals. A general salvation. A general church. A general judgment is one of them. So, <laughs> that's what many people... Church of God, that's what they preach, one, a general judgment. There's more than one. There's two. Okay. If there's a first, that definitely implies a second. You wouldn't call it a first if it's not a second. Anyway, so the books were open. Well, let's see about those books. I believe I can say safely... That of the books that will be opened at the great white throne judgment, uh, one of them is uh, the law. Look at John 5. Do not think that, verse 45, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. The law came by Moses. There, Jesus says, I didn't come to judge you at his first coming. But the words that I speak unto you, they will judge you. So I can guarantee you that at the great white throne judgment, the law of God's going to be there and the word of God's going to be there. Well, look at uh, Philippians real quick. Verse 3, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Well, not several scriptures for the book of life. And then Malachi chapter 3, last book of the Old Testament.
Verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord that thought upon his name. He's got a book of remembrance. There won't be one sin not, uh, not judged, unjudged. Every soul that sinneth, it shall die. And every sin will be judged. We, we need to think about that. Every sin will be judged. And when you're talking to lost people, they need to know that they're not getting away with what they're doing. The only way you can have sins taken care of is if they are judged in the Lord Jesus Christ and His blood. Because every sin, I mean, kids, you commit sins. You're not above sin. You all, none of us are above sin. David said, I came forth from my mother's womb, speaking lies. We all sin. But those are not forgotten. We forget them. That's why we can't repent of every one of them. And why we're not required to. We're required to repent and have another mind towards God. But all every sin will be just. See, I don't understand. I don't understand how he's got every star named. I don't understand how he's got the hairs on my head numbered. I don't understand any of that. I don't understand how Jesus had my name on the cross. I don't understand that. I don't have the mind, the capacity to understand that. But I know it's true. And then of course the book of life. Yeah, we're here in chapter 20, verse 12. And then chapter 21, you've got it over there also. 21, 27. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And do you know when that book was filled up? Before the foundation of the world. You might hear somebody say, oh, you better do get your, get your name written in the book of life. If it ain't already there, you ain't going to get it there. Anyway, I think I've given you an explanation of the books that'll be there. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Heard of a Sunday school teacher one time, Southern Baptist Church. Adult lady Sunday school teacher. Attempting to teach the book of Revelation. Of all things that she ought to keep her nose out of. Actually was actually putting out 
that all of the dead fish in the ocean are going to be judged. There are multiplied millions of human beings who've died in the ocean. Multiplied millions. I was on that aircraft carrier for three years. We had men knocked overboard. We never, we never recovered one of them. It's impossible. Number one, somebody has got to be right there looking at you and get the word to the bridge right then. And if they don't know you're there, probably the turbulence of the screws pulls you under and you ain't nothing but fish bait. And then on our starboard side, we had our pump deck down below the hangar. Well, maybe out of the hangar deck, but below the flat deck. And we would, we would take on fuel and we would fuel other craft with us, other ships with us. We'd travel, you know, many, many several ships. And we had a big, large capacity. And so when we were doing refueling operations, you see, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've got somewhere, got a, it actually was an illegal picture of us doing it. Uh, anyway, if you see two ships running together and you see all this hoses running up big like that, well, those are six-inch hard suction hoses. They're not garden hoses. Wire reinforced. There's just a lot of them. And the reason they have those loops there, because when you got two ships running together, you can't control what the sea does. And if a heavy sea comes all of a sudden, and those ships go... That's why they've got the slack there. And one time it went. And the pressure hose that we were refueling, I probably was, uh, I don't know what it was, uh, what kind of oil it was. Six inch hose with high pressure on it. Well, that hose, two ships is a lot of weight. And it separates, it parted. Well, from our side, we've got the pressure side. You know what a garden hose does when you bust the nozzle? Well, that's what that did. And it came back and swept everybody off of that fuel deck. Uh, there's at least three men on there. Well, they're right, they're right next to the skin of the ship. And the ship is traveling. And it didn't take any time. No doubt, they were sucked under by the turbulence of the screws we didn't get them back but if you got somebody that goes all, uh, overboard on the starboard side that's the right hand side port side's the left hand side that's tied to side your port tied to the port on it why it's port side the starboard side out where the stars are that's what right hand is but if they fall off on the right hand side somebody's got to know they fell off then they've got to get word to the captain all the way up into the pilot house and you don't have 
two-way radios on you. Then the captain has to get the word emergency stop all the way to the engine room. The screws have to stop. And then they turn complete right hand and make try to make a circle to try to limit their search area. You realize how far and how big that area is? And if they don't have that, like the pilot's stuff on, the flashing lights and all that stuff, you can't see them. The waves, you can't see them. And I don't know that we ever recovered anybody that went overboard. But so where are all those bodies? At the bottom. What about, I know all the those that died in Arizona, they're still down there in the bottom of the, uh, by Ford Island in Pearl Harbor. And not all the other ships sunk. How many ships on the East Coast did the Nazi U-boats sink at the beginning of the war because of the stupid hard-headedness of the, of the admirals and the generals? All the merchant ships. I don't know, it was getting really bad until they started doing something about it. That ship my daddy was on that got torpedoed going to the Battle of the Bulge. Over 500 men died when that ship went down. That was the biggest single ship disaster of the war. I'm talking about a lot of dead bodies in the ocean. How many sailing ships sank with all of the crews? Slave ships and every one of them. All the rest of them. There's lots of people died in the ocean. And their bodies were there. Whatever's left of them. So then how are they going to be resurrected? How was they going to be created? By the same power that created them, they're going to be resurrected. And they won't be a different person than what they died at. So, the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell, that's the place of torment where, where in Luke 16, Lazarus and the rich man dies. That place there, that place of torment, everybody in it and the thing itself, Delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. God's judgment is according to your works. And you will be judged accordingly. Are some works worse than others? Oh, yeah. But they're all sinners. They're all lost. They're all going to hell. But they're going to be judged by the degree. And so the degrees of punishment of hell. Verse 14, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. There will be no more, that will be the end of the place of torments. Now it will be in, in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now I'm going to close here. We'll get the next chapter next time. I know... 
We need to preach the truth in love. There is a limit to how easily you can tell people that they're headed for this. There's a limit to how, how, how easy. Oh, don't you all just know that you're going to? No, you can't. You've got to. You've got to be as serious as this is. You're not saying, I hope you go. I don't want you to go. That's what I'm saying. We speak the truth, but we speak the truth in love. But where is God speaking of his love here? And all these preachers and all these bumper stickers and all these church billboards, God loves you. Where is that here? Do you think those people that looked at that, heard it, read it, and believed it, do you think they'll say, you lied to me? I thought I was okay. Because you told me I'd be okay, whatever. The Pope says they'll be okay, whatever happens. Whatever they do. There's no more of the God loves you right here than there was on the back of the ark. God's judgment. Amen. Dead serious. This is a big serious message right here.